Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. It's quite a quick turnaround between this episode and the last one, but I thought I'd treat you seeing as there's been such a delay over the past few months. Um, today we have a, a very special guest coming on who wants to remain anonymous, so for the sake of the episode we'll call him Dwayne. Now, Dwayne has been a lifetime experiencer of paranormal um, things. Uh, and, and the reason I, I use the word things is because it's not just um, accredited to ghosts or spirits. There's also UFOs in there. There's also uh, what seem to be dimensional beings uh, involved as well. Uh, we won't have time to discuss all of it tonight. We're going to focus on um, part of his, his life story tonight. And there will be a part two coming up where he can he can tell us a little bit more about the UFOs and, and the lights in the sky that he's been seeing as well. Um, but today we'll just focus on, um, really on his, his early childhood, uh, I guess. Um, now, this is the first time he's ever gone public with this. Uh, he's very nervous, uh, but I'm sure you'll all join me in making him feel welcome and listening to his story with, with respect. Um, he was a bit reluctant to come on after he'd first contacted me about his experiences. I'm glad he's decided to come on now um, and, and, and tell us his, his story. Um, like I say, he's nervous, uh, but I'm sure he'll, he'll be absolutely fine. And hopefully he enjoys it enough that he does come on and give us the, the second part of his, of his experiences. But before we get on with the interview, uh, there is some good news. And that is that there is now a shop related to the podcast uh you may or may not have seen that uh through ryan because i'm still serving i'm still serving a facebook ban um through ryan he um he has uploaded onto the page and onto the group the link to the shop uh and you can go there and you can buy any kind of merchandise really um you can edit your own type of merchandise but there are certain things that i've just selected to show on the shop and that's things like t-shirts hoodies of course the classic coffee mug or tea mug uh, I think there's a mouse mat on there and some badges as well which are quite nice I'm going to get some of those for myself so uh, if you head over to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash paranormal dash paradigm that's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash paranormal dash paradigm and that should take you straight to the shop if you want to buy yourself an early christmas present or maybe you know somebody that also likes the show and you can get them a gift um you know it's just i thought you know i've, I've been having so many positive comments about the show particularly over the last few months when i had the little hiatus uh, so many people asking me where i was when the show was coming back i've had comments such as it's the it's the best uk podcast for paranormal related things and uh, that's, you know, high praise indeed. And for, for, for someone who just started doing this uh, just for some fun and just as an excuse, really, to talk to people with like-minded um, ideas and like-minded situations and experiences, um, to say where it's got to now is is mind-blowing, really. And I'm, I'm really humbled and, and um, I really appreciate all of the support and the kind words from people. So I thought, let's try and take it to the next level now. And, you know, let's try and get some merch out there and promoting the show, drinking out of a Paranormal Paradigm podcast mug in, in, in your office or wearing a hoodie down the street. Uh, I just thought that'd be quite cool. So if you go to the shop and there's something there uh, or you'd like something and it's not available, just let me know. Just email me at paranormalparadigmpodcast at gmail.com or contact me through the Facebook page or the Facebook group. Let me know. 
And um, I'm sure I can, whatever it is you'd like, I can get it edited. For example, there are pillows and <laughs> stuff. I don't know why anyone would want um, our logo on the pillow. But that's essentially what it is. It's the logo that you've all grown to know, the Paranormal Paradigm Podcast logo. And it's just that emblazoned onto hoodies and mugs and things like that. But um, yeah, and uh, in the very near future, probably in the next episode or so, um, I'll be raffling some off, some some mugs off. I'll be running a little competition um, for for some people to to win a mug. Hopefully, just in time for Christmas. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, enough about that. Uh, let's get on with the show. As I say, it's the first time that Dwayne is going to have gone public here with this, and uh, he's very nervous. And um, I just hope it goes as well as you know. I know it will go well. I know he will be fine. So uh, here's the interview, and I hope you enjoy it. And it's my pleasure to introduce Dwayne to the show. Dwayne, how are you? I'm all right, mate. That's very good to hear. I'm really glad you've uh, you've decided to come on. I, I've spoke a lot about you in the introduction. I've I've explained your situation. I've explained your your backstory a little bit. Um, I'm really keen just to get on with it to to get into the nitty gritty of your experiences, really, because I know how desperate you are to to get this across. Um, so w- w- we're going to start really with y- you've had a lot of experiences paranormal. Now you yeah. you tend to think that they're they're they may be hinging on the satanic, they're hinging on the demonic. Um, which isn't a good place to be, really. Now, it all started for you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were on a beach. Yeah, uh, what it is was, um, we, we, I was born in Liverpool and we used to go, I was about, must have been about seven years old or something like that. And we used to go on these days out with my family. And it was like, um, it was like a beach area. Actually, it was like a, a lake, uh, like a lake or marina. Yeah. It's like the beach. It's in a place called um, Waterloo in Liverpool. Okay. And when we when we were little as kids, we used to we used to uh, go there for days out, you know, just to you know have a family day out. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, this one day out, this like area where there's water. It's like a, it's like a big pond, really, big massive lake. And uh, I just went for a little paddle uh, just before I was going to get me like, my sandwich from my mother. And um, I walked into into the water. And then just for a little a little paddle uh, up to my ankles, and I felt this sharp pain in my um, feet. I knew instinct, instinctively, instinctively that uh, I knew. Sorry, I knew that uh, I'd walked on something that I shouldn't have. Yeah. Now, at the time, I thought it was the. It, I actually thought it was the. I was like six, seven, eight years old or something, and I thought oh, oh, it was the crabs biting me. But what it was was I'd walked on glass, and, right. and I. I jumped straight back onto, onto the dry part of the beach. I was only like a few feet in into the water. And then I sort of it got ha- a bit hazy after that. And then also remember after that, it's been carried over my shoulder by my mother. And there was, I think I, I remember seeing blood dripping on the floor. And I was being carried, to, it was like a hut about half a mile up around the, the lake. It was like a, a hut where people went. Uh, this was in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I remember being carried over my shoulder by my mother and I was screaming, crying. And then after that, also remember was, uh, one of the people who worked it in, in like the building, the hot thing, uh, putting um, my feet in a bowl of water. Now, I'm not sure if you meant to do that. When people's feet are cut open, I cut, we both, both of my feet were cut open uh, and there was blood pouring out. And I just remember uh, losing consciousness. I think I remember years later asking what happened, and I think my mother said that I fainted 
or lost consciousness. Right. So what happened after that was um, basically, I, I, I also remember as uh, next being in the hospital. But the thing was, I, 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 I could hear the screaming, and, and I was flying round in up, high up by the ceiling. And okay. I remember looking down. Yeah, I heard the shouting, crying, and I realised that it was me, like screaming. And I, I, it was me in, in, in the other room, and, and I was flying around, and I was coming, I was coming to this door, and at the, at the end of this corridor, or what it was like, going round to the left where the door was. And I looked down, and see my family members, see my mother, my nan, and my sister listening to me uh, crying in, in the other room. I went to the room, and I, I think I, I remember jumping into my body. And what was happening was my feet were getting sewn up by the nurse. Right, right. I, but I've been flying. So one of my theory is, is I've been I've been given a load of drugs to to for my feet to be uh, sort of numbed up, yeah. so they could sew up because both feet were cut open badly. I had a lot of stitches, and I basically um, they give me so many drugs. I must have left my body, my soul, or whatever. It's left my body and gone somewhere else. Wow, I mean that, that's that, that's interesting in itself because you, you're you're having an out of body experience essentially. Yeah. But a lot of people experience this when they're not conscious. Where, whereas in this situation, you're you're clearly conscious because your your body is screaming. You you know you you can hear yourself screaming. Yeah. So I've never heard of an out of body experience where the person is is conscious at the same time. Yeah, I remember hearing my own voice in the other room. As I'm coming into the room through, I don't know what, how I got into the other room, but I did. And whether my spirit all went through the wall or went through the door that was closed, or I don't know. But all I remember is hearing noises and I realised what was going on. My feet were being sewn up. And basically, I seen, because I remember, I, th I don't know if it was my mother or someone, or one of those three people said to me, Are we, uh, we, we were waiting outside. And I remember saying to my mother, um, or, or my nan. Uh, yeah, um, I remember seeing you. I seen you in the hallway. Wow. Yeah, I remember saying to a family member that. But this was a long, long time ago. This was in the 1970s. Yeah. So, really, that was where it all started, really, for me. It might have been a few other things, but that was the main thing, really. I must have been about maybe seven years old, something like that. Okay. And then about a year later, we moved... From, from Liverpool, we, we actually, we were from Toxteth originally. We moved from Toxteth over the water until Wirral, which is a, 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 like a middle-class area. Where we moved to was a middle-class area from moving, moving from Toxteth to, to, to a yeah. place called Wells on the Wirral. Okay. So we, I, I had to change schools and everything. And so to cut a long story short, is a, we moved over from... Liverpool to the Wirral and to a place called Mel's and basically um, we moved to a house it was a, a detached house um, and uh, it was in like a rural area, it's like a middle class area so right. it was like top stuff <coughs> excuse me so uh, basically the, uh, we had to settle in with school and everything, change schools and it was like primary school so it was like before yeah, the last school you went to, so it was like uh, we were in primary school. And at this primary school, we used to sometimes have day. I, I distinctly remember having a day out, and uh, we were going. To, I don't know where where exactly it was. It was like in port. So on the Wirral, you got places like Port Sunlight and Ellesmere Port, 
and it was something like that. It was like we went to visit on a day out. Yeah. Like, um, it's like a big, massive mansion. Oh, okay. I didn't even know where we were going or what the place was or anything. All I knew was we were going on a day out. We were living in Mel's now. We were in Liverpool. So there were, there were new kids to, to make friends with and all that. And then basically we were going on a day out. So I remember going on the coach up there. And then we went out. I don't, I don't remember, remember exactly where it was, but it was is it Port, somewhere like Port Sunlight. Or so I imagine it was like um, like a national trust place with a big stately yeah. home that you could you could walk. Well, I've, not been, I've not been on one of those. I've not been to one of those for years, but something like that, yeah. But they, they were given what it was was once once it got in there, you walk into this main area. I think it was a main sort of room, and then you have other smaller rooms that you walk down, and they guide the, the school children around. And uh, you have this guide who, who explains all the history and everything. Or what she was talking about, ghosts. I, did, I walked, I just followed the other kids and, the, and, and their teachers into this big like hall area or big room. And it, it, she started talking about describing this ghost in this big room. Okay. Because, um, um, and, and, and she started, um, we all stopped in this main area. It was like, a, it was like an old-fashioned mountain piece and the old fireplace and, 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 and just old fashioned furniture there. And then, and then she starts, the, the lady uh, guide, the woman guide starts describing this ghost. And as I'm standing there, um, just everyone's standing still and I'm just listening to what she's saying, apart from one person. And there was this woman um, going around, like dusting, dusting. Okay. Just in the mantelpiece and just in the furniture and just in the table, and I'm watching it. And, I, and, and as this guide for this ghost tour, as I realised what it was, it was like a ghost yeah. tour. Yeah. As she, as this woman is describing, oh, there's a ghost here that that sometimes cleans up and has seen dusting or whatever it was. You no, know, I can't remember the word for word that she said. But as she was describing this ghost, I was watching what she was describing in front of me. Wow. There's, there's, there's this woman in, in a, a, there was this woman in an old-fashioned, like, corset dress. Yeah. Like, like a corset dress. And it, 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 she was, like, bending over, dusting and, and reaching up a little bit uh, with the mantelpiece, uh, cleaning the ornaments or whatever it was. And, and I'm, I'm standing there thinking, she's describing the ghost. The, the, she's, the, the tour guide is describing... What I'm seeing, if you know what I mean. That, that's I'm, fascinating. I'm I mean, is it so? Just kind of looking at this from a, a psychological perspective, um, I'm sure you'll appreciate. It, mm. Is it possible that what she was describing allowed you to to envision it almost like, you know, or or, or are you, you know, not that I don't believe you because I, I I I absolutely do, but are you, when you saw this thing at the time, could you believe it? Could you could you believe that? Is well, that real? Well, is this a is this a, an actress? Pop, well, pop actor, yeah, it could have been that, couldn't it? But I don't think it was because uh, um, I was looking at the other kids and other people who were there, and they weren't seeing what I was seeing. Yeah, they yeah, seem, yeah. They didn't seem to notice. That was you made, you made a good point there, and I would have forgotten about that. Right? I did. I did think this through. I did think this through years ago. I did, I did think at this point you just made that years ago, and that sort of made it right. Well, there was something going on there, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I totally agree. You didn't seem to notice that. I was the only one that seemed to notice that. 
And I, okay, so when I met, when I ran out of the room, I said to, uh, said to one of the kids, did you see, did you see that one? And he said, what woman? But anyway, I, I'll just finish off what I was saying. It's basically, she's dusting and cleaning and, 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 and just cleaning the room, basically, furniture and all that. And then gradually, the, the woman, the guy who's describing her, said, this is an old Victorian. I don't know if she said this word for word, but something like this is an old Victorian, like a, a Victorian-looking woman or whatever it was, a ghost scene in this room, and she's often seen dusting and cleaning or whatever it was. But as you were saying all that stuff, that's what I was seeing in the room. I don't know how else to, to describe or articulate what I want to say, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm watching ghost or person or whatever it was, dusting the furniture and all that. And then gradually, people start leaving the room, going to the next room, because I believe the next room was the blue room, which is usually where you see the ghost in the blue room. But you saw it in the, in the other room. <laughs> I'm standing there. <laughs> like this big room it's, it's probably obviously a markup room you know what I mean yeah. from bygone age but the thing is I'm watching this person who's definitely a human being or look, look solid to me anyway mate and it, no one else was noticing this woman dusting everywhere so I, she, so the, the guide had finished describing what I was watching it's basically some woman cleaning and she was wearing like a coat like an old fashioned coat did this did this woman you say no one else in the room except for yourself was really noticing this woman or interacting with the woman. Did you notice if the woman was noticing you? Or That's what I was going to make me. As people are leaving the room, the gradually the kids are going off. We're going to go to the other room now, so the kids are following everyone else. Everyone's just left the room. All the kids have left the room. And I'm standing there still watching this woman dusting and cleaning. And then all of a sudden, she stops turns, looks at me, and smiles at me. I knew I must have been about eight years old, ten years old or something like that. Wow. So she smiled at me. The ghost actually smiled at me, looked up and stopped. She, the ghost stopped dusting, looked up, turned around, and smiled at me. And I ran out of the room. I said, <laughs> I said, and then I said to, the, to one of the kids in the, in the blue room or whatever it was that was further down the corridor, I said, did you see that? Who was that woman? Dustin, she goes, what woman? So I seen something, mate. I was the only one who seen it. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, I've, ha I've had some, you know, I've, I've, I've had ghostly encounters myself and I've heard stories, but I mean, that's probably one of the most clearest encounters. Um, I mean, and, and there's obviously, there's a lot of questions around it as you've just, you know, thought of yourself. It could have been an actress maybe, but the very fact that nobody else interacted with her or even saw her is, is very strange. Well, I was basically standing in the room on my own watching that woman dusting. Now, if yeah. that was an actor, we wouldn't do that, would they? No, no, no. Everyone in the room, I, I was on my own in the room. I was transfixed. I was actually thinking about it. I remember I was, I was transfixed and watching it. I was thinking part of my brain was saying, this is, it's, what, what is this, like a ghost? Another part of my brain, I don't know what the other part of my brain was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Probably run. Just run. <laughs> well, she was a nice ghost. Well, she looked solid to me. She yeah. just got someone cleaning. It's just that she's wearing old-fashioned clothes. And yeah. that, that, so at this at this point, right, we were we'd moved into this house in Mel's. So I remember distinctly remember saying now about might have been a few days later. It wasn't straight away because it was like a shy kid. I didn't really communicate well with anyone 
I didn't even communicate well with, with my parents. Yeah. But I remember saying, well, maybe you should tell them what you've seen. So it might have been like a few days or a week later. But I distinctly remember uh, saying, telling my parents, um, this this was in the house that we just, we'd only moved in maybe a year or two before. So we moved in, 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 into this house called Mel. It, it, it. So we moved to a place called Mel's and moved it in 1979. So I see, it must have been the early 80s, like a year or two later, I seen that ghost in, 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 in the mansion or manor or whatever it was, you know, the ghost tour guide. Yeah. In that big room. Uh, so I remember, like a few days later, I was saying, said to my parents, "I think I've seen a ghost," and I and I remember my father saying, "There's no such things as ghosts." Right. My father said, "There's no such things as ghosts." I thought, right, well, I'm not going to tell him anything else. Anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The strange thing, thinking back, thinking back, um, something happened uh, around, which I'll get to in a minute. <clears throat> around that time, I seen that ghost because that. Something happened to them around the same time. I'm thinking oh, it could have been that night. Right. Because in this house that we moved in, I believe it had like spirits of one sort of another. And the spirits were watching, thinking, right, we're going to show him. That's that's a theory on that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. And to, to be honest, it, it is, we've spoke about this in previous shows about how I personally believe that everyone is born with the ability to. to to interact with these spirits but what happens is people like your parents and you know even my, my parents when i was younger would would kind of say nah that's not real or it's just an imaginary friend and what yeah. they do is they 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 brainwash you almost to believe that what you're seeing isn't real to the point where when you now see it you don't believe it and then eventually you just don't see it anymore I, I so, think the condition has a lot to do with it but yeah. also i think vaccinations might play a part Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, again. Vaccinations, which, which blocks off your spiritual eye. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, things we've spoken about before is, is, is things like EMF and, 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 and Wi-Fi signals and, and, you know, 3G, 4G, 5G, uh, yeah. things that you eat, things that you drink, the chemicals in the food and water. Yeah. It all plays a part on, on your body and your spirituality and, and you having a connection with, with the spiritual side. Yeah, sure, it does. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, so you've moved into this house. You you've told your dad about your your your, your fascinating uh, experience at, at the stately manor. You your dad kind of brushes it off, says, "No, nah, it's not real, son. There's no such thing as ghosts." And then and then what do you say that that your dad has an experience? Uh, well, if we could just come back to that in a minute. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I want to do it like chronology. And I want to do it like in the time. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, basically, um, the house that we moved in, the previous occupants, uh, I got told were Mormons. And if you know anything about, if anyone's done, I don't want to talk about this too much, but if anyone's done any research on the Illuminati and their cults and covens and stuff like that, is the Mormons sometimes are quite high up yeah. in the Illuminati sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, there was that. And then, because uh, my mother was getting people turning up, like, I don't know, it was like uh, people for the mortgage or people for bills, like bailiffs. Yeah. People turning up, asking for the previous occupants. Uh, but anyway. Right. I remember going into that. I remember actually visiting that house before we moved in, just to have a look. 
Yeah. And basically, I remember, I have a vague memory about seeing weird stones under his bedroom, in his bedroom under his bed. But I, I don't know what that was about. And then, and I know I've seen um, like weird chessboards in the living room, new chessboard heads. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's just a small thing. <laughs> basically, but, but, uh, um, so we moved into this house in Mills, and basically, uh, Sorry, mate. Uh, we, 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 we uh, I don't know if you ever see. We, we got, we got this puppy. We got, we, I got a dog. Basically, yeah. I've given a dog, uh, yeah. uh, Sandy. And then um, we were in the in one evening. We were in the living room, watch, probably watching the TV. But yeah. at some point, she started barking up to the ceiling. About like it was like a small alcove, alcove where the TV was. Yeah. But there she was barking up there, and she was, she the way she was doing it is like it wasn't a normal thing that she usually did. You know what I mean? She's yeah. barking up the ceiling. We couldn't see anything. No, but, but yeah, of course, it, it, it's 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 often thought of that that animals can see things that we can't. You know, see yeah. spirits. Yeah, but if, if you've ever if you've ever seen the film Poltergeist, yeah, the start of the movie, they've got a golden retriever or, or some kind of Labrador or something. Barking at the ceiling in the bedroom. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Film. Yeah. It was exactly the same, mate. You know what I mean? Wow. So basically, uh, so 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 the dog. So you're so you're just watching the telly, and the dog's kind of ignoring everything that's going on, and just kind of going mad at something. Not going mad. She was barking loud, and she's purposely looking at the ceiling in the corner or above us. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it, not something it, that she... It's something got her attention. It's as if yeah. she's seen something, actually. Yeah. She had heard something or seen something or both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that type of thing. She wasn't going crazy. She was just barking, not the normal bark. You know, not, not, like, not like a barking when someone knocked on the door, because she yeah. did bark quite often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In barking in the, at the ceiling, which is quite strange. Okay. Uh, so... Around this time, really, um, the first uh, when I when I started realizing there was something wrong with the house. Yeah. Basically, at night time, I used to go to bed, and uh, I used to hear this heavy breathing at, right next to my ear. Now you got to remember, I was about eight, ten. Yeah. Years old, maybe. It's hard to say exactly to give the exact age or how old I was, but I was around about ten years old, maybe nine. But uh, I used to hear this heavy breathing right next to my ear. I'm lying in bed. I'm trying to fall asleep. The lights off. I'm in my bedroom, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, right next to my ear, it's right next to my head, right next to my ear. I'm hearing this heavy breathing, and it wasn't just once. It, it was quite a few times from what I can remember. And I remember one night, um, my sister was at, had their bedroom. She had a little box room, and yeah. she had bunk beds. And she, she was starting to freak out and she was calling up my dad. My sister was younger than me. And she, she was starting, I could have overheard some of the conversation she was having with my father. And she was saying she could hear this heavy breathing. And, I started, and, I, and it dawned on me and I realised that, hold on, I've been hearing that as well. Because she had bunk beds. And um, she, I think she thought someone was under, she had the top bunk and someone was underneath. And maybe that was the case, I don't know, but something might have been there, you know what I mean? Wow, okay. She, my sister was saying basically is uh, uh, she could hear this heavy breathing. I could hear my father trying to calm her down. 
And, I, and as my father's walking back downstairs, past the landing, past my room, I shouted, I shouted, I, I can hear it too, that breathing. My dad told me to, uh, to shut up and go to sleep, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, don't scare your sister. So that, that, that was one of, the, one of the, the main ones that I thought, I started thinking, right, what's going on here, you know what I mean? But did you, I, ever, did kid, you ever talk to you? Did you ever talk to your sister about that? I didn't talk to, no, I didn't talk to anyone. Right. I didn't tell anyone about anyone at school or anyone. Yeah. I might have mentioned it, but I can't remember. Yeah. So, okay. should have, should I, but, but also to shut my mouth, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's exactly like I just said, you know, the problem is when your dad's already told you that it's not real and you're imagining it, it yeah. kind of puts you off wanting to talk about it again, you know. And, yeah. And, and that's a shame, really, because experiences such as this need to be shared and, 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 and spoken about because, you know, if you and your sister are having similar experiences in rooms that are next to each other, it would, yeah. you probably could have done you good to, to get that out in the open and actually discuss it. Yeah, it could have. It would have. And, and, but actually, I must have been quite a, sort of, I've, uh, quite a sort of scientific mind back then because I was sort of thinking along like when I was 10 years old and this was happening, I sort of had my science head on then, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that. And that, that's what corroborated it with me, sort of thinking through, thinking, thinking lo using logic and reason and then use other things as well to sort of think, right, you can use things like intuition as well. I'm thinking, this doesn't feel right. This, is, this doesn't, definitely doesn't think right. It, it's, there's no logic to it. Where's this coming from, you know what I mean? Yeah. All those type of things. And, and it went on for, it must have gone on for a good year or two. I can't remember it was every night because as a kid, I just might have just probably just threw the covers over my head. And yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It. So it probably went on for a long time. And I remember, even when I got a little bit older, a few years later, thinking, I haven't heard that breathing for a while. You know, next to my head. Yeah. I'm lying in bed at night. I'm thinking, I haven't heard that breathing for a while, that heavy breathing. And do you know what happened? Not always, <laughs> but a lot of the time, it started. Wow. The heavy breathing is as if it came straight in. It came straight into my ear and started heavy breathing. And that was like a year or two later when I was a little bit older. And then... It's it's to unsettle you. One of the things that it's, this has done, it's to unsettle you, unnerve, unnerve you, destabilize your situation with with your inner self. Yes. And as a child, you know what I mean. It's so so when when that's happening, when you, when you're getting that breathing now, you know if I, if I was to come right up to you and breathe in your ear, <laughs> you know you'd, you'd you'd know that I was there. Uh, you'd feel the breathing, but you'd know I was there as well. Yeah. Uh, did Did you get that feeling? You know, when 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 you you could feel the breathing, but could you feel a presence as well? Could you feel that there was a head there almost? No, I, I say feeling the breathing. I could hear it. It was hear, more hearing than feeling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, like breathing, and then I'm blowing air. I'm blowing air. It was just the sound really. It could have been that as well, but it was more sound. It was just a sound that came right in. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Like, it was, it was as if it was waiting for you. So sometimes it was as if it was waiting for you to just think about it. So you could think, I haven't heard that heavy breathing for like six months or whatever. And then it's straining on you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. Then, I did think that, I remember when I was getting older, I did think that once or twice and it didn't happen. But at times it did. So try not, you just try not to think about that. You, you just block it out. And that's the yeah. best of all mechanism you can have as a child because 
especially when your parents aren't aren't supporting aren't supporting what you what, what you're hearing and seeing your views on ghosts and all that. But anyway, there was that, and then around the same we we didn't get told this um, until we moved out. We moved we we were in that we lived in this house for ten years from 1979 to 1989, but we never got told uh, uh, about the story I'm about to tell you until we moved out. But um, this happened to my parents. Is, is um, one night, um, uh, my, my mother was dreaming about this old-fashioned feather boa strangling her. One night, mm, okay. and um, she to cut a long story short. She woke. Mother woke up with this feather boa around her neck, strangling her. Okay. In real life. She. She was. It was at night time. She'd been asleep. She woke up. The lights were out, as far as I could tell. Um, you know, I, I wasn't there, so, but mother was in bed. My mother was in bed. She was dreaming about this feather boa. She was having this, having this nightmare about this feather boa that was strangling her. She wakes up and finds this, and, and she wakes up and finds there's a real feather boa strangling her. Wow. I can only go on what I was told. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, where, where, where did that come from? Where, where did the, the, the boa come from? We don't know, uh, but we're going to tell you what happened. <laughs> it's basically, is uh, at some point, my, my father woke up, and then I don't know what happened between those two instances. My mother must have found a way of waking my father up. No, so, uh, so my father tries to get this feather boa off my mother, right? Yeah. And he was struggling from what I can tell and from what I can remember from what I was told. Because I was told this story 20, 30 years ago. So it was a long time ago. But from what I can tell is he eventually got the feather boa off her. Yeah. So the feather boa, as, as my dad gets the feather boa off off mum, off my mum, it was strangling my mum. Right. My father gets the feather boa off my mum. It, start, it starts flying around the room on its own. Wow. <laughs> yes. The feather bow was flying around the room on two, and then it flew out the window, right? Eventually it flew out the window, and the window was closed. So it's gone through the window? Yeah, outside. But the window was closed. So it's gone through the window, but it hasn't smashed the window? N no, the window was closed. That's what I was told. It went out the window, and the window was closed. Wow. Now that is interesting. Uh, that's what I was told. Now, I'm thinking, right, I'm thinking, right, that happened on the night or around the time when my father told me, there's no such things as ghosts, Stephen. Yeah. I'm, I've only just come to that conclusion in the last few days. I'm thinking that's what happened because those entities in the house were going to say, right, we're going to show you, mate. No ghosts, we'll show you. And how did your dad react to that? Uh, well, we we didn't get told the the story until years until years later until we moved out the house. So whatever, like six months or a month or two after we moved out, I can't remember what it was. Well, we, we moved out in nineteen eighty nine, but I remember asking even years after we moved out that house, when when exactly was that? And he wasn't sure. But Dad said, "I said was it was it when we first moved in halfway through near the end." And I, I got I got them tied down to a year. Now it was a guess, but I said, "Can you just roughly give me a year if you're not sure?" He said, "1982." Now 1982 ties up 
was around the time I seen that lady ghost in the mansion. I've worked yeah. the house. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, might, I might be off on this little theory I've got about the the demons or the entities or whatever they were in house saying, oh, you ignore your son, you don't believe in ghosts. You tell your son you don't believe in ghosts. But uh, sorry, mate, you still there? Yeah, 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 still here. Knock something. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that the ghosts have turned out for the demons have gone, right, we'll show you, mate. You know what I mean? There are ghosts. It might not have been that. It might have six months later or something, you know what I mean? But just yeah. a little theory, right? So there's that. And then, because um, uh, I, I think when, when, when my dog was barking at the ceiling, something was coming through, you know what I mean? Or making noises or something. Yeah. I, I reckon that portal, right, was between my room and my parents' room might have been in the closet because you often hear that I'm hearing in horror movies or if you're yeah. sex yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Not just horror movies real hauntings it was in the closet yeah, I mean, how many how many children claim to to see um boogeymen or you know monsters in in their closets or in their cupboards their wardrobes yeah, yeah. well it's also it's you play on it don't they whatever but the, yeah. what it's shown to me is there's an intelligence there's a there's a there's, there's quite a high intelligence to, with whatever this is, you know, what's going on here. With this house alone, just stick to the house. Yeah. Basically. So, so there's the heavy breathing, there's dog barking at the, uh, at the ceiling, and then, and then there was the feather bower. Now, didn't then, something happen to your dog on, like, didn't you leave your dog on, on its own? Yeah, that was a few years later. I want to get to that in a minute. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm just going through my notes, mate. Um, and I'd, maybe a year later or six months later, see, a lot of the stuff I, for, I probably forgot about, but I remember distinctly, we were in the, we were in the living room again. Yeah. This might have been like, this could have been even two years later, but it's hard to tell. But uh, I, I, I could have been older. But we were, we were in the living room. We were, in the, we were all in the living room, including the dog. Right? Yeah. There was no one. All five of us, my parents and my sister and me, we were in the living room. And it was nighttime again, and it was this time it was dark because when the dog was barking, it must have been in summer. Because when I know it was like it must have been like seven o'clock or something in the evening, and it was light. But this time it was dark, and I remember all of a sudden we're watching TV, and we hear this almighty thud, and, and, and as if something heavy was walking around right where the dog used to bark, barked at right where the dog barked at that time, right in the corner of my, of my parents' room. Okay. Corner again. This is where the sound came from. Where, where, where the um, where the wardrobe closet was. Yeah, uh, it's come next to my parents' bed. You know, in the corner of the room. Uh, just this almighty thud and something thudding around for a bit. And then what footsteps then, or yeah, heavy ones. Yeah, and I said to my dad, "It's the dog." And then my dad points to the dog on the floor sleeping. <laughs> no, because. Yeah, what else are you gonna say? We all looked up. And we all what the fuck? You know, sorry. We all looked up, saying, "What's what's that?" And it wasn't next door. It wasn't semi-detached, but it wasn't next door. It was upstairs. And the thing was, right? We finished what we were watching and whatever, and we were told to go to bed. And um, I knew this was going to happen, but the, the light in the hall in the hallway kept the light bulb must have always been going off because you get that with paranormal things. Yeah, of course. Off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was the first one out the room, wasn't I? Right, go to bed. And then before I know it, I'm nearly nearly halfway up the stairs. And, and my father, 
your father made me walk up the stairs first. Try <laughs> to get turn the lights on for that doesn't work, mate. He switches oh it doesn't work. I said, No, oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> My father's trying to turn the lights on and the bulb's gone on on the landing, maybe in the bulb's gone on the hallway, maybe in the landing. I think it was on I think it was on the landing and the hallway. It was it was got both were gone, I think. Both of the light bulbs are gone. And he's, 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 but he forced me to go up the stairs first. He's like, what do you get when he's going, well, you're all the up nearly. So I had to leg it up the stairs. And I knew there was something up there. I knew yeah. there was something up there waiting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all I remember about that night. You know what I mean? I just remember running up them stairs and turning them in my bedroom lights on or whatever it was. I had to get some light source. Yeah, of course. So that, yeah. We're still in the early 80s here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things are happening. You know what I mean? So I don't know what happened after that that night, but there was something upstairs waiting for us. So, um, yeah. So um, uh, the thing is, um, uh, when we first moved in, the first sort of few months or whatever, um, uh, when we moved in, there was a garden. We didn't have a garden when we lived in Toxteth. Uh, and then it, I, my, my bedroom was at the back and they overlooked this massive football field. Which ironically my school owned, but there's this big map. This is big, like actually they were originally the rugby uh, posts there, but it got right. turned into football. But there was like one, two, probably three, maybe four football pitches in this field, and surrounding that field, right, uh, there was, it was just farmland. It was just farmland, and we went for like a mile, two miles. Yeah. You know, maybe three miles, just farmland. And you could vaguely see little, you could see, uh, it was like, it was uh, West Kirby and whatever else. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was in the distance where my school was. But uh, basically, I, when I looked at my bedroom window, I just seen farmland, seen a football pitch, which was, which was at the back of our garden. It was only a small garden. And we had a big apple tree in the middle of our garden. And then there was a football field. And then there was just farmland. Well, anyway, to the left in our garden, there was a shed. Um, um, first thing we noticed was uh, there was this, like all this artwork in, inside the shed. And uh, there was, um, I distinctly remember, it was, it must have been a nut, um, pentagram. It must have been an upside pentagram, paint, uh, sorry, chuck. An upside pentagram chalked onto the shed door. Wow, on the inside of the door. No, on the outside. It's protection. <laughs> it was, it was, it was the, you know, the one the Satanists use. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The upside down. It, it wasn't a. There's a pentacle and a pentagram. A pentagram. Yeah. A pentacle's got a circle around it. Circle around it. Pentagram is just a star. Okay. This was upside down, reversed. This is reversed. And I think above that, or below that, I think it might have been above, there was this weird, ghostly figure in chalk, and it even had red eyes chalked in. Because if, if you do it, if anyone does any research into demonology, they know that the, the, the base colour of a chakra and, and, and the colour that's most associated with demons is red. Yep. So this, you, never, you always say you never look a demon in the eye. Well, one day I was looking at this chalked figure with these red eyes, it's like a ghostly, haunting, spirit, chalk figure. It must have been above, or I don't think it was to the side, but it was above the upside down pentagram, yeah. choked, on, choked on, on the shed door. 
Well, I remember just dosing about because it was like the shed door faced towards the, the road, but but between the road and the shed, there was a bit of land, like a pathway to the side of our house, and then it was like a sort of the 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 like a back door, like a back gate. Well, it was like in that area there, not outside you know, on on the main road. In that area there, that little pathway that faced onto the shed door. Um, I remember just dosing about there, just hanging around. I turned and looked at, 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 at the pentagram and the ghostly figure, spirit thing, wherever it was, with the red eyes. And, and, and I, I'm telling you, mate, it looked into my soul, mate. Wow. It, that thing looked into my, straight into my soul. Wow. That, that chalked figure, that fig, whatever it was that was chalked onto that shed, looked straight into my soul. So I'm assuming that this... This this drawing on, on your shed door was was from the previous occupant. Yes, that this was all there before we moved in, and eventually over the years it all faded off on the outside. Yeah. And that yeah. door, I used to try and keep that door closed, and the hinges would just fall off. And I used to try and block it with bricks, and I did because I didn't want the rain coming into the shed. But I can think, but the shed was full of stuff anyway. Anyway, another another time, right? I was just. I just wanted to see what was in the shed because a lot of the stuff in the shed, it wasn't ours. And I wanted to get right into the corner to see what was going on down there, just to see what stuff was there. Anyway, I distinctly remember one day walking into the shed and you could just about get in there between the old sort of look. It was only a small shed. You could just about get in there between all our stuff and then previous occupant stuff. Like you got space hoppers that we had and toys and stuff. And then there's like old got gardening sort of lawnmowers and stuff like that. It was yeah. even it was really heavy, uh, really massive heavy uh, rollers. We had one of those there. Don't even remember them. Probably were um, Yeah, so that they weren't not like electric lawnmowers. You just kind of push it. No, no, it's that as well, but there's no, one of those as well. But it's just a roller, you know, to roll the turf flats. Ah, yes, yeah, I think I know. Really heavy duty thing. I mean, you yeah. probably get a lot of money for it now, but you couldn't pick it up. But there's all that going on the shed. So basically, we had to, I had to find a little channel down the middle between our bikes and whatever was in the shed. And I just, I was just, I was just cook. I was just cook. I just, I just wanted to know what was in the, what, what was in the shed. So basically, basically, as I got to the corner, sort of the right hand corner, it was like sort of shelves there and stuff. And I noticed these um, like jars, like glass jars. With like what looked like um, a powdery white sort of substance. It was like a powdery white substance in these glass jars. And I was, I was thinking, what are they? So I, 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 I'm sort of just rummaging around in the, in the corner of the shed. I'm looking at these shelves. And I, 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 I've got one of these jars. And what's this? So I start opening it up. And it was like sealed or something. And I, I, I'm thinking, what's in there? And I start opening one of, the, one of these jars up. And at that point, right, mate, I started feeling a heavy presence right behind me. Okay. I, I got out of that shed. Now, I've researched the occult and I've read books on witchcraft and stuff. Yeah. And I know what they were now. I, that, I know what was going on there. What that was, was, right, number one, the glass jars, right, they were spells. What it is, is you, 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 you get jam jars and, and, and you, um, you, you get salt and you, and you clean the jam jars with vinegar first to make them sterilise, to, to clean them. 
with the you clean the jam jars with the vinegar, and and then you dry let them dry off, and then you, when when people who are into the occult or witchcraft or whatever, they put um they put salt when they do the spell, they write the spell on parchment paper. Okay. They tie they roll up really small, and they put it inside a jar with salt, and what the salt does, it protects the spell, and then we seal it with candle wax around the top. Ah, okay. But, I'm, I'm telling you, mate, there could have been 15, 20, maybe more jars. And each one of them jars is a spell, right? And I felt a presence right, right behind me. And what that was, was that that was something protecting them spells, protecting yeah. them spells. Yeah, yeah. That's what that was. That was the protection. There was something protecting that shed. Now, I think they're called sentinels or something like that. It had guards on the door. In the occult, because okay. buildings and other things can be protected by the. This isn't generally known by the general public, but think buildings, homes, and things can be protected by certain energies or entities or whatever you want to call them, good or bad or indifferent, whatever you want to call them. In the occult, I think they're called sentinels or something like that, or a name similar to that. But basically, what it is is, and also the symbol that uh, that was on the. That, that was originally was on the shed door, but faded off over time. The upside down um, pentagram, that's also a symbol of protection as well. So they were they were trying their best to protect what what Because yeah, they didn't open the up properly and I didn't even know what I was looking at. So I was and just do you know what happened to them? Do you know what you, obviously you, you moved out? The spells were in there for the whole ten years, right? The whole ten years that we were there, they were there, right? And I went back about, I must have gone back to that house several times over the years. And I, I think, I don't know when it was, but the, the, the shed eventually went and they, and, and they redid, redid the garden. But um, another point to that, when we first moved in and a, a family member came to visit, like an auntie, and, and her son, I think, had researched a little bit of the occult. And, and she, she started throwing salt over her left shoulder. And I only heard this second hand through my mother, I think. You know, I, I, I never get to know all the, any of these stories apart from my own experience. All yeah. the other things like second hand sort of thing. I wasn't being told about it. It's only for what my mother was saying to other people or whatever it was. Oh, but that's my interesting, auntie, though. Because my auntie was throwing salt over her left shoulder. I forget what the reason is for that, but... It, it, but no, I mean, people true. people throw salt over their shoulder. Uh, if they spill salt, they will throw it over their shoulder. Because spilling salt is bad luck, I think. And throwing it over your left shoulder kind of get rid gets rid of that bad luck. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's good that it's good that you know, even though you weren't being told at the time that other people were having experiences, yeah. it's good to know now because at least you know that you weren't on your own. Um, you know, and and it's not all in your imagination because other people were clearly. You know that that they were experiencing stuff too, and I mean, I'm just aware we've probably got about five minutes or so left. Um, we've got so much to talk about. We will get you back on for a part two, yeah. um, but I know that you were keen to talk about. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a demon on your landing. Yeah, um, what that was was basically as um, let's go going back to what happened to me in the hospital. Is I was dream I must have been dreaming. I don't know exactly the year, but it must have been about 1985, maybe something like that. Maybe a bit later, maybe a bit earlier. But I was dreaming, and I, 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 I was flying down the street. So I think they call it psychic flying or something. Um, and then, yeah, it's... Um, uh, I I it yeah, it's... Yeah, um, I flying into my door, 
ze moet streamen. En als ze met. Als street en dan. Het was live, het was daytime. So, well, uh, I think it must have been in the summertime about half past five in the morning or something. So it was light. But yeah. I remember flying around, it was, wasn't dark. And then I, I flew, decided to go into my, live, in, in, into, into my home. So I, 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 I remember flying into my um, front door and started flying into the house and up the stairs. I only got halfway up the stairs. And, and um, my attention was, was, was uh, caught to my right. And I noticed there were uh, there were beings on the landing. Okay. Yeah, and because I, uh, I, I, I was just going to fly straight into my bedroom, go 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 into my body, because yeah. that was what I'm naturally going to do. But I, I got a shock to my right. There was something. There was there were beings on the landing. I took a closer look, and I noticed that they were levitating about an inch or two off the off the carpet off the floor. Right. I noticed they were, and I knew about. It's been a long time, so things like ears and stuff, I, I can't remember. But they were, they were about three foot tall, and right. they, 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 they was, they had their eyes closed, so I wasn't looking at the whatever this was. There was, there was, a, there was at least three of them. Yeah. I remember at least three, and yeah. whatever, they had their eyes closed, and whatever they were doing something, and whatever, what I come to realize was I could hear. I could hear like you know, like a you know the meditation sound. Um, yes, yeah. It wasn't that, but it was something like that. I could hear like a noise. That's like like so, what I realised is they they were meditating on me and my family. Almost my, taking your energy. They, well, maybe that's why I was psychic flying or whatever it was. But they, they, they were doing something. So I tried to take in as much detail as I could. I was, unfortunately. I've forgotten, probably forgotten most of it, but um, but I didn't want to hang around because I didn't. I was just because I was, I was sort of looking directly at them, about three feet away. Knows that was that was probably in between them and me. If there was like a banister rail, I think there was. I can't really remember now, but there wasn't really much between them and me, and I didn't want them to open their eyes. And, and I was directly opposite them on the stairs. I was halfway up the stairs, and they were on the landing. So they, they, you didn't get a feeling that they knew you were there. Uh, they might have, but they were busy doing meditating. So when, when, when you say they were meditating off your family, two things spring to mind: they're either drawing energy from you in a negative way, or they're protecting you in in a positive no. way. Did you get a, a feeling either way? No, no, I, I was scared, mate. There yeah. was no positive energies there, mate. Yeah, I was yeah. being shown something. I was being shown something there. I, I, I was. I wasn't picking up any positive energies. I'm thinking they were putting negative thought forms into into me and my family's minds. Yeah. And I'm yeah. thinking that that's what their meditation, if you know what I mean, was. They didn't look human, right? What they looked like, I can't remember if they were grey, black, dark blue, or. Can't really remember the exact colour, but there wasn't nothing bright about them. Have you seen the film Communion by? Um, yes, yeah, yeah, I've seen Communion. Yeah. Where, uh, Whitley Stryber. Whitley Stryber, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there's a little boy that calls the little blue doctors in that film. Ah, so they're kind of like that. Kind of. 
So were they wearing were they wearing clothes or? No, I don't think I would have noticed that. No, I didn't. And and and, and they were they were humanoid. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't tell whether they were male or female. No, but I mean, they looked like they looked not not human, but they were humanoid. So two legs, two arms. Yeah, even that is difficult to visualize in my mind. Actual original memory. If you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. over the years, you mind if you're watching horror movies and UFO movies and paranormal research, and your mind gets full of all kinds of stuff, and it's difficult to. I don't want to say yeah, you're nay. You probably did, mate. Yeah, you definitely had a head and a torso, and I would have noticed it. You didn't have any arms, wouldn't I? Yeah, of course. I mean, you yeah. would have stood out to you a bit more if they were yeah, a bit so on our feet. So they must have had something like that. That yeah. was humanoid, yeah. But the, I remember they were only about three foot tall and they were hovering about an inch or two, maybe three inches at the most. Only a little bit off the ground, but they were back slightly sort of wavy. Because I looked to check them. They're not, they're actually hot. They're actually levitating. Wow. I mean, you often get this with demon reports. And another one, I, I've not seen this myself from, from my researchers. Often clowns levitating is one of them. But the, oh, 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 even even in the horror movies, you see him levitating. There's some of these people who make these horror movies. No, 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 no more than what they're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they. they a lot of people think that, that that movies dictate people's experiences. So people watch a film and then they experience something like that. So it's not real. They've just kind of copied it from the film. But I'm actually a firm believer that what's really going on is people are making the films. They they've had these experiences and they 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 know what it's like and they've researched it themselves. So I actually think it's the other way around that that, that yeah. the people making the another, films know what. Another they're doing. thing that I forgot to mention was going back to the um, heavy breathing around the same time or whenever when I was living there, I used to hear like chattering or. Now you get that as well. I used to hear that, like, like almost like in the distance. Like in another room, or well, you couldn't you couldn't judge where, how far away it was. Yeah, but it, it was that type of atmosphere. You know what I mean? And it, and I even vaguely remember hearing doors close and stuff. But as I say, I was only young. Yeah, it yeah. Was all, it was all kinds, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll 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 we'll, we'll leave it there. I mean, because it's again, we, I've got a list of stuff that you've told me. List of topics. We'll definitely get you back on for for a part two. Uh, it'll give you time to go over your over your notes again and try and bring back some of these memories because I can tell even as we're discussing it now you, you're getting memories flooding back and it's great to it's great to hear it almost an excitement in your voice um it's really good to hear that um so if we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there I mean it's been an absolute pleasure having you on having you on the show I hope you've enjoyed it I know you're a bit yeah. a bit nervous um yeah, but yeah. I, I hope I hope you've enjoyed coming on um we'll get you on for part two um but until then um look after yourself and uh, and we'll speak soon so thank you thanks Karen. thanks so that was uh, the interview there with Dwayne and I'm sure you'll agree that was a fascinating interview and for um, although I've been in touch with Dwayne for for quite some time now he has been very close guarded with with his his story and his experiences he's told me little bits but but not not that much really so um just as you were that was the first time that I was hearing the majority of what he's just said and uh, I don't know if you could tell in my voice or in my replies, but I was genuinely curious. I was genuinely fascinated by by what he was saying. I can't wait 
for him to come on for, for part two. Um, you know, I'll have a chat with him and see how he found that. And, and but he, he seemed fine. He, you know, there was a bit of nervousness that came through. Uh, and if there was any bad connection, um, if his voice goes a little bit funny at times, um, I do apologise. But I didn't find it, um, you know, bad enough that I couldn't hear what he was saying. Really, uh, I think that was a fascinating interview, a fascinating story from from Dwayne. So we'll definitely get him back on for a part two um, very soon. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, don't forget, um, we now have a shop. Head over there and uh, and have a look and I'll put the link to the shop, obviously, at, underneath the podcast, as I, I always do. Um, Dwayne doesn't have a website or, or a book or anything like that for me to copy a link to, like I normally would for guests. Um, but if any of you guys have a question for Dwayne, um, just let me know again, paranormalparadigmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, come to me through through Facebook, through the page, through the group, personally through Facebook. You, you, all, you all should know where I am. Easy to find on Facebook. Um, if you have a question for him, do, do let me know. I'll pass it on and I'll, I'll be sure to come back to you with his response. Um, or equally, if any of you have had experiences similar to to Dwayne because I'm sure he's not the only one uh, and I'm sure that he would be really pleased to to hear of other people that have had similar experiences um, or you know if if maybe you just want to tell me about it maybe you want to come on and uh, on and, and talk about the show and you know, as I say you can come on anonymously you don't have to give your, your full details um, or if you don't want to appear on the show you just want to tell me your story and, and that that's fine sometimes it you know, I did say to Dwayne, it, it, sometimes it's good just to be able to talk to people. And as he mentioned about his dad not really wanting to listen to what was going on in the house at the time, I think that's quite a bad negative thing, really. And if my son came up to me and said that he was seeing things or he had a, an imaginary friend, I'd certainly take it quite seriously um, and, and investigate it because I guess that's the kind of the, 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 the mindedness that I have, you know, that's the way I would approach that kind of thing. But also I wouldn't want to make him feel silly or stupid or or alone. And I think that's the most important thing is, is alone. Because if it's negative experiences that people are having, such as Dwayne was having, I don't wouldn't want that person to feel alone and uh, in, in their experiences and alone against it, whatever, whatever they were up against. Um, so yeah, um, I really, really enjoyed that. I'm, I'm sure you guys did. Um, and I guess really, and until next time, take care, look after each other, look after your loved ones and, uh, enjoy the build up to Christmas until next time then take care.